0: Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, back here in a conference room (laughs) instead of on the road with my co host, Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance. Hey, Brandy. Hey. And we're excited because we're not coming in to the same old, same old today. We have a guest today. And in fact, you're you're a guest, Chris, in the way that, um, it's like you're a guest host. <laughs> Welcome guest host, Chris Doran. Hello. You can think of this as a working interview. Maybe we'll have you back to fill in from time to time. What do you think, Patty? Uh, if, 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 if you Chris get sick of me, it, <laughs> he's
1: welcome to come back
0: anytime. We're glad to have Chris today. Um, Chris is the communications manager in Student Financial Services, but he has agreed to come in and chat with us today, not about students or financial services, except for how the concepts of our topic today might apply to his work there. We're talking about the book called The Power of Habit by Charles. I suddenly realized I don't know how to say his last name. I said Duhigg. <laughs> Bless it, is that how you say it? I have no idea, but that, that's how I say it's it D-U-H-I-G-G.
1: So I said Duhigg. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's his name. And the book, again, is The Power of Habit. And we just read this for UVA Finance Book Club. And I listened to it, as is my want, on Audible, <laughs> and wasn't here for the, the book club. But we had a good discussion, I hear. Mm -hmm. Patty facilitates that. And we wanted to bring some of the concepts to you today because it's a really cool book. Um, Duhigg, (laughs) I'm not making fun of his name, I just think that that's, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Charles. Charles talks about (laughs) how um, so much of what we do, in fact, is it 40%? 40% of your everyday behavior, up to 40% is 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 pure habit. habit. Yeah. Yeah. We think that we are people who have choices and right. will and we are out there living the autonomous life. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I think he's lowballing at 40%. I actually. think yeah. I, I I would say yeah, it's got to be higher.
0: Yeah, that. as a person who arrived at work this morning and wondered how she got here, yes, I would have to say mm-hmm. it must be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that's a that's a
1: common like yes example of a of a habit is driving to work yeah. and if you happen to be going somewhere else right and you take the same route you often end up
0: at work <laughs> and and so. that's a great example because yeah. the point is is that a lot of the habits that we have started out as something we made decisions about right I can still clearly remember the first gosh because I'm directionally impaired probably the first week or two that I came to work here. I had on MapQuest, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I had my map function on and I was paying attention and not really being sure what my next turn was. Um, So those were decisions I was making and guidance I was getting that after a while it became habit and it became automatic. Um, And that's a very powerful force in our lives. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because he talks about how habits...
1: um, are become automatic and that that's actually evolutionary advantageous Mm -hmm. to us yeah Yeah. because if you think about not things that aren't habits and you have to think about them all the time that's a lot of work can can you imagine having to go (laughs) through your if we talk about 40% potentially being habit um, can you imagine it if we didn't have those and they weren't, if we weren't sort of
0: on autopilot for those things? Yeah, if our brain wasn't taking care of us on that.
2: Right, no, I think that's exactly right. I think about, you know, from the moment you get up in the morning, I mean, I if I really stop and think about it, probably 90% of what I do every morning is predictable. Maybe not down to the exact Mm -hmm. same minute of Mm -hmm. every day, but the same sequence of events Mm -hmm. happen. Um, And getting ready for work, the same, you know the same routine making right. coffee, the same routine making making your meal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know letting the dog out, letting right. the dog in. You know all that stuff. Right. It, it, you know I had a teacher in high school. He said, "If you want to challenge yourself and see just how routine your life is," he said, "Try getting ready in the morning for school using the opposite hand oh, as yeah. your dominant hand." Yeah. And you know if you if you think that you're not sort of guided and aided as you suggested by the fact that you're in habit that we are prone to habit that yeah. you're on autopilot right. mode <laughs> right right yeah. you know
0: and so we read this book or this book was chosen for the book club because it has obvious implications to what we do at work and because here in UVA finance especially we're coming up where we are we always are honestly <laughs> in a change heavy time mm-hmm. and A lot of what change does is, just like your teacher said, it requires you to think, okay, what am I doing just because this is the way I've always done it? Or what am I not even thinking about? Like assumptions and and behaviors and things that you don't challenge in your own life. But it works. We don't, never in the podcast do we do a very strict division of, Your work life and your home life it it flows pretty freely in your real life anyway work and home so we don't really make those distinctions either but um, we're gonna focus mostly on the content around habits how habits develop and what's at work there and what you can do to change habits for the better yeah because some habits are destructive yes he
1: Mm -hmm. talked about a lot about changing habits um, and it's really important to understand how habits form to know how to change them. So we're going to talk about that. And then but but also a lot of people want to learn how to create new habits. And so he talked about that as well. Yes. Um and so I think that's the big takeaways from the book for me were were those two things.
0: So before we started recording, we were chatting about habits and such and Patty and I both talked, and actually, and Chris chipped in, talking about physical activity and exercise as a good place, a good common ground to start thinking about habit, because a lot of us want to cultivate that habit. It's now March, and maybe your um, New Year's resolutions around that are going great. Maybe they're not. (laughs) So maybe this is a good time to check in on that. But um, I was saying that running for me is not something that I really love, but I will continue to do it, not because of the endorphin high that some runners get, not because, um, you know, I, I love buying new running shoes or whatever, but because when I doggedly complete my crummy couple miles and it's not pretty, I still come back to the driveway, pause, push my hair out of my face, and think, I'm I've got it together. Like, I am probably... Very virtuous and wonderful and look what I just did nobody has to see what it looked like or know what my time was but I did it and I feel like I'm probably a pretty great person and it's that high that keeps me going again and Patty, you had some interesting thoughts on this too yeah
1: so we'll talk about this a little bit later but um, but they in the book the author talks about willpower Mm -hmm. being part of um, being part of a habit, forming a habit. And so recognizing that, yes, it takes willpower, but willpower is something you can train as well. Yep. Um, and- It's that reward. Right. <laughs> and um, one of the things about having willpower is predicting when you're going to be- Weak. The, the pain points yeah. or when you're going to yeah. be weak. So, yeah. um, So if you can predict those pain points in advance, then you can have a plan to overcome them, then that's how you train your willpower. And so the thing that I was thinking about, um, and he may have even used this example in the book, but um, but to me, it really hit home with me, is that I've never really thought about this and why I do this, but I do that all the time when I run, because I know that the hardest part about running for me is putting my shoes on, changing my clothes, and. Getting out the door and once I take that once I'm down the the hill from my house um, Good thing. It's a downhill, but <laughs> once I'm down the hill from my house I'm, I might as well be done with the three miles or whatever So how is it
0: that you anticipate that
1: will that lack of willpower? How do I overcome it? Yeah. I just know that it's going to be there and I know that once I'm down the hill um, That I will do a three-mile run. I just know that and so I just have to tell myself.
2: You're in the routine. Yes. Yeah, you're in the routine right. by then.
1: But I, but I still, I mean, it's not, I, yes, it is, it is probably a habit because I do have, and um, we'll talk about the habit, what's called the habit loop, but I do have the cue, the, cue, the routine, and the reward. I, all of that is there, but I, in advance, anticipate knowing that you got to put on the shoes, yes. you got to get out the door. And then you might have. Then you're you're yes. you're almost done,
0: even though you haven't. You've just started. So for me, with my my running example of the habit loop is, I'm able to, successfully make this a habit because of the amount that I crave that reward. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love feeling like I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And Patty is anticipating, that, that weak point. Right. And overcoming um, with willpower. Yeah, Chris, now that, we, so we had this discussion, like yeah. I said, about exercise, and you were talking about a group cl- class that you take at the Y and how people are all, like you're, it, there's that community of support, but also I wonder if somehow, and maybe you consciously did this, you chose that because you knew that that community of people like not only supporting each other but kind of policing each other as well yeah. would help with the with willpower and habit you know because they're they know when you're not there when yeah. you didn't do all your reps
2: that's yeah that's exactly right and and it's a type of class where you you totally are in control of how much weight you're using, and in fact, it's really kind of funny because new men come to the class and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to put 40 pounds on the barbell for my um, for my chest routine," and then they're doing 130 Ooh. reps oh. of chest, and and they're just, they're just blown by the time the chest done. (laughs) I know by the way, we're only 15 minutes into the hour long workout. So, you know, they tend tend to struggle. (laughs) Well, that's why, in fact, the first time it's good could just start with no weight because it's, it's really about learning, learning the repetitions. Anyway, so, but there is that routine. You go to the same class week to week and you see the same people and you get to, you know, know each other to say hello. Sometimes you get to know their name. And sometimes the instructors will say, "Hey, I haven't seen you the last couple of Sundays," and you know you have that conversation. But there's also even in the middle of it, so it's it's a it's broken into essentially ten, roughly five to six minute periods, and that's the warm up and the cool down. But in between, you're focusing on a different muscle group, mm-hmm. different body part. And um, there's the part of you where you're like, "I'm really struggling with this last set of squats," but you're looking out of the corner of your eye, and there's the person who just had a baby three weeks ago and she's yeah. already back in the class and she's muscling through and you're like, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it, uh-huh. right? So there's right. that pressure and I'm creating that pressure. She doesn't know anything yeah. that's going on in my head and doesn't care, right? Yeah. But um, but it's
0: something that you might not go ahead and power through if there wasn't that other yeah, person. Because
2: I'm kind of inspired by that yeah. and I'm also kind of challenged by that right. as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the, oh, I've got to do it. It's the, I can do it type yes. of thing, right? It's, it's that belief that the author talks about that you can develop this habit or this ethic of I'm going to finish the routine. I'm going to do every rep or I'm yes. going to strive to do every rep yeah. that's my goal. And that's yeah. changing or replacing something else that I was doing before, which was either sitting on the couch, right? right. Or saying, "Ah, oh, this is good enough." Yes. Um but to your point, Brandy. So there's the willpower part that you've been talking about, and then there's the reward part for me, which is I get done with the workout and I just, I just feel like I've accomplished something yes. with yeah. that workout. I would and, too,
0: Chris. That sounds intense. And then, yeah. And then,
2: and then it's like you want to go back because yeah. you want that there's... And we'll, like you said, we'll talk about this habit, but there's this craving for it. Um, not in any sort of crazy, I want to go out and run a 100-mile race every day uh, or every week. But but that sense of, I know how good I feel about myself and how you know my body feels different. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting healthier, strengthening things. And you can feel it. Like even mm-hmm. just in walking stairs or squatting down to get something you know it's like it doesn't hurt as much (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like so that's
1: your reward (laughs) so let's um, yeah let's talk let's talk about that because we've sort of we had
0: a sort of a list of things we wanted to talk about, and we started at the bottom of it. Yes, yeah, I was just but, thinking, this is like the world's longest intro to a podcast, because we're about 15 minutes in, and now we're, you've got a good, solid foundation. We did this on purpose. Um, let's yeah. talk about the habit loop. Yeah, because
1: that because he spends a lot of time in the book talking about um, the way to either create new habits or break destructive habits. Yeah. Um the, the main key to that is understanding habits. So yeah. let's talk about what that what is habit about the habit
0: loop? A habit has 3 steps. Mm-hmm. The first step is the cue. The cue is the trigger that tells your brain which habit to use and puts it in automatic mode. Mm-hmm. So that cue is the first thing that sh- your brain shifts into autopilot. Mm-hmm. We know what this is and now we're going into habit mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we were talking about getting in the car and driving somewhere. I get in the car in the morning at the same time with all my stuff and my brain is like, okay. In fact, this happened just this week. My daughter's been on spring break and she's been going to holiday camp instead of school. And instead of making the loop to take the little one to daycare, then back around to take Alice, uh, my older one to, elementary school I am to take her to the YMCA and I drove right past the YMCA Mm -hmm. to go take her to um, Berkeley Glen because that's where we're going in my mind the Mm -hmm. habit loop is there (laughs) yeah so the cue is the trigger and the routine which is the step two of the habit loop is um, where you act out the habit and we were just talking about the drive that's a physical routine and the running and the exercising yeah. that we've been talking about are a physical routine. But it could be a mental or emotional routine too because mm-hmm. habits don't have to be things that you perform and things that you do. They can be ways that you believe or mm-hmm. things, typical ways that you process things. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they could be the way you interact with a coworker, the way you, you interact with people on your own team. Let's say you're on a staff and you have a regular staff meeting each week The person who always says this or that that could be the cue which triggers your routine which is to react rationally irrationally right in a specific way that is predictable both to them and to you and then in in the feedback in the in the habit loop there's the reward the third step three yeah Yeah. Yeah. um which is what the benefit is right the perceived benefit or the the outcome maybe because sometimes and we'll talk about negative habits right yeah because the reward is you know, sometimes it's just the, maybe it's just the outcome, but in some cases, you know, it really is a reward. Yeah,
1: well, okay, like but. he uses a great example of a of a habit, um, a destructive habit, which is he uses the example of a woman biting her nails, mm. and Have so I and was a nail biter. So, <laughs> so that that's maybe even a, a good concrete example to to illustrate the habit loop. So mm-hmm. in this case, the the person, the woman who's biting her nails, the cue was a sensation. Mm-hmm. in her fingers. Yeah. And so it's weird for... I don't, I don't know that. I don't have a nail-biting habit, but that was her cue. The routine was then biting her nails, and she'd bite every single one of her nails. And so the reward was this, like, um, accomplishment or... Just a better feeling
0: in her hands. It sounds so perverse. It does. <laughs> We're all looking at each other as you're describing I know. We're it. I like, oh. It's like, oh, gross. But, but as a but, as a nail biter, like I, I relate to that. I mean, I don't anymore because I I have changed the habit loop yeah. and got a different reward yeah, for says, myself. It, but
1: she was working with a therapist, and the therapist asked her why she bit her nails, and she said that became clear that it was when she, she bit her nails when she was bored. Mm-hmm. So the cue mm-hmm. was the being bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, The routine was biting nails. And then um, the reward was, um, uh, she said that... Having bleeding cuticles. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. She would look for something that would provide a quick physical stimulation. And and so that
0: was her reward, was that... And if you're listening to this thinking, oh I'm not a nail biter, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. No. You think of what you do with your smartphone every day. Right. Yeah. Well that's another yeah. example. Right.
1: Um and that's an uh, example my husband will laugh because
0: How many of you have the iPhone? I do this all the time. Yes. But yes.
1: But um you hear the buzzing on your phone. Yeah. And that's your cue mm-hmm. to check your phone. Because mm-hmm. you can't not do that. Yep. And so you're checking your phone constantly because you hear a buzzing constantly. And so the reward is you get this like, create text message or, or whatever.
2: A, or a notification from some place you shop. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or, or a Facebook
1: yeah. notification, you know, yeah. something that somebody yeah. liked your post or yeah. whatever. And so, now
0: I feel recognized. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's sure. your, yeah, so that's another
1: preparing. good example and maybe perhaps even a better one just because. It just shows you that habits are.
0: But I think that's that's cool because the nail one is that physical thing, mm-hmm. and the phone is that mental thing mm-hmm. and, and physical. Yeah, it's and emotional end. too, maybe yeah. because like you were saying, Chris. You know, you or maybe it was Patty. You, someone likes your post, so you feel reinforced. You feel yes. emotionally uplifted that you you did get a little bit of an attention. Yeah. So. But then there's the, the craving thing mm-hmm. that that's part of the habit loop. That we so really let's do a about. little exercise here. Let's, let's talk about, we've got, we've talked about the habit loop with the phone and I think that's a good one that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And so you have that craving for that reward of say, knowing how many people liked your Instagram post or mm-hmm. how many people have commented on your Facebook post, mm-hmm. And that's an emotional thing. And, so how would you then change that routine, so, well, cause we're getting into a, a new power of habit concept here. How would you change that routine of that habit so that you got the same reward, but didn't do the routine? Mm-hmm. How would you do that? I mean, it's not one answer, but what are right. some suggestions? Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Using the phone example, yes. you want to use the phone example? Um, So, well, let's first talk about the fact that he talks about this golden rule of habit change. And that's to, you can't change the cue, and you can't change, and you don't want to change the reward. Right. But focus only on the routine. Yes. And so the cue would be, well, I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe this isn't the greatest example because the cue could, I could, I could in this example, change the cue.
0: Yeah, you so could I change could turn the off cue. my phone. Yes. Or
2: you could change the routine. Which, you, know, so you, you made an, an interesting and important point a moment ago. You said, you hear a buzz and then you have to check it because you can't not check it. Yeah. Right? But that's where this other concept we'll talk about will... Well, we have talked about briefly willpower comes yes. in. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's like, but I'm in a conversation with my friend and she's spilling you know, some some important information right. to me.
1: Or it's just rude to be checking
2: my phone. Or it's just rude. Or, you know, or I don't want to be... Beho- feel beholden to that yeah. because the payoff, I'm finding the payoff is actually kind of not that great. Yes. So maybe I change the routine, which is to check it the moment I hear that. And instead, maybe I turn the, it, does, it no longer chimes at me or it no longer buzzes at me, but I put it on mute for an hour. Yeah. Maybe that's changing the routine. It's put all my notifications on mute for an hour.
1: Okay, yeah, you I, I might can see where that's reward. changing
2: the routine. You might still get the reward yeah. at the end, which is you go and you see, oh, wow, in that hour, five people have commented. It's a, bigger, it's a bigger, like really a, yeah.
1: triple the reward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that,
2: that's a possibility, right? Not think yeah. it's far-fetched. No, right? yeah, no, 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 no. I, I
0: yeah. agree, and that, that clears it up as far as a better example. So I'm learning a lot about myself as a person as we talk about this, that I like to feel I, I need a lot of reinforcement that I'm a good person because I was thinking... What, how would this work for me? And actually for Lent I gave up Instagram and Pinterest on my phone on weeknights when my family is around so that I can like not be sure. such a slacker mom <laughs> or wife. And for me, the change in the routine of like not engaging with the phone in the evening has been feeling like I'm probably a pretty good person <laughs> because I've done this. I'm talking to you now and not looking at my phone, so, right. yeah. So look, look,
2: look at me. Yeah. yeah. Right, right,
0: right. Look at this. Yeah. I'm pretty great. Well, you, you raise a point person. about awareness, right? <laughs> Is that the, what yeah. drove
2: your, it sounds like what drove your decision about what to give up for Lent was pretty specific. It was focused on some perception of what your re- your future right. reward would be, about yeah. how that reward would be enhanced yeah. by changing some of your nightly routines, which is hard. I mean, yeah. it's really hard to do that stuff. You know, One of the things we were talking about just before we started recording was the sense of, you usually get what you're focused on, yes. Yes. right? Whether it's for good or for ill, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting what you're focused on, you just don't realize it because it's so ingrained. It's such a part of the habits that you, you know, we don't want to just you know, make this, reducing ourselves to just our habits, but now and yeah. then it does seem potentially pretty useful to be yeah. cognizant and hyper aware of of what our habits are especially the ones that leave us feeling a little bit flat or right. a little bit unfulfilled it's like gosh i really wish that i didn't do that or or acted in a different way or why does this person push my buttons all the time as yep. if we can't change it and i think that that's what this book gets at is that you can change that that mediating response right the mm-hmm. routine the routine is the is what mediates the Sort of the cause and the the cue and then the and the reward of the cause and effect. Right. So like how do we mediate that differently? Which is the, where the golden rule comes in to yeah. achieve a different, uh, not a different reward, but a, a different feeling. But maybe to in, in, invest that reward with a new meaning. Well,
1: or, yeah. Or you're getting the same reward but <coughs> changing the routine so that it's a more healthy routine. Right.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. So.
1: Um, I love in the book how he, he kind of ends with this yeah. um, but and it's a real practical way of um, working through habit change um, and he talks about first of all identifying what the routine is yep. and he gives some really good um, step-by-step things which maybe we can share in the show notes but sure. identifying the routine and then experimenting in, with different rewards and so um, he, he uses an example in the book about a person going to get um, a going to the cafeteria every day at lunchtime um, to get something to eat to get a snack and um, and so the routine that the cue is oh, I'm sitting here, it's, you know, and I'm hungry. I'm gonna to go to the cafeteria and get a snack, is the routine, and then the reward is, my hunger is satisfied. And I put hunger in air quotes. Yeah, but, you didn't um, see that, but she totally did. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and so, he talks about, well, first, um, identify what the routine is, which this guy did by saying, okay, it's a certain time of the day, and I'm gonna to go to the cafeteria, get something to eat, and that's the routine.
0: now and, you're triggering my mind. He—he's the one that talked about the cookie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so okay. To get a cookie I'm every totally day. Totally with
1: you. So then, Run experimenting with the rewards <laughs> are, um, well, maybe I'll have something else. Maybe at that time when I'm feeling mm-hmm. like I want to go get a cookie, maybe instead I'll have an apple, and see if that satisfies the, the craving, and the, and is if that, is the good reward, then. Um, if that is if that isn't, then maybe I'll try getting up and walking outside. Mm-hmm. And so, he, so that's what he means by experimenting with rewards. Um, and then he goes on to talk about um, isolating the cue. Mm-hmm. So when is it that you have this, and where are you when when you start feeling that yep. need to get up? And so he goes through these all these different. Processes to establish the, figure out what the cue is, you know what your routine is, but figure out why it is and what the reward is that you're getting from that.
0: Because he th- he started off, didn't he, thinking I'm hungry yeah, at first. three o'clock, right? right. But what every day,
1: and so ultimately <laughs> in this example, he realized that he wasn't really hungry. He just wanted a distraction and some social interaction. Yeah, because on time. the way
0: down to the cafeteria, he got to stop and chat with people. Right.
1: Yeah. And so, and that was part of it was like experimenting with maybe the social interaction is what I want. So let me just go talk to somebody instead of having a cookie. And does that satisfy me? Maybe or maybe not. And so he goes through all these different steps of, and real practical steps of um, going through that cue, routine, reward loop um, and identifying the pieces that you can kind of play around with. And so, at the very least, I think we should link to that yeah, um, I, in the show notes. I made yeah. a note to um, put that in there because, yeah.
0: like you said, it is so practical. And you, we were talking, at, we did a lot of talking before we started uh-huh. recording, and then we had that moment where we we're like, "Oh crap, we're gonna do the whole podcast without recording it if we yeah. keep going." Uh-huh. But um, yeah. that we were talking about how this stuff is so great because or the the power of habit is great because he puts it in practical terms, and a lot of us, I feel like, think that we can somehow just flip a switch and change a habit, Mm -hmm. and we feel a sense of failure when that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've tried to quit smoking, or you've tried to start exercising, or you've tried to stop responding habitually to work pressures in a certain way, If you there are things that you know you need to change that you just can't manage to it may take some experimentation and some thinking. Again, it comes down to doing the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to maybe do some exper- experimentation and thinking about what is it that, what the cue is in the habit loop and what am I getting out of that? Like yeah. what is the reward? So that I can change that routine mm-hmm. in, and it, whether it's changing the way I think about something or like um, you know the cookie example, if you o- tend to overeat at a certain point of the day, yeah. If you tend to eat a lot of cheese while you make dinner, not saying that's what I do, but it's totally what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can, you can yeah. figure out what the reason really is. So that, that that's actually know. a really good example. Oh yeah, let's because, talk about my problem. No, no. <laughs> um, because
1: because you can say, well, why is it that you eat while you're cooking dinner? Right. It it could be that you're, it could be something else, and probably is something else. Yeah, it's not so, it's not hunger necessarily. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it, but it could be hunger. Yeah. And so. You know, what is it that you could do that change up that, um, that routine yep. instead of eating? Yep. Is there something else you could do? Drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Or drinking. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So, so um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting.
2: It is. It is. And, and you know, um, one of the other key points that he, he talks about in the book that I think is really interesting is. Um, He calls them a keystone habit. Yes. Um, And this is where you've got, you create a habit or you identify a habit or um, you adjust, or you, or, yeah, I guess create or identify or change a habit to make it such that it is, it's kind of like a, um, uh, an or habit, if you will. And other habits are created as a result of that. Mm -hmm. He gives the early example of the woman who, while traveling, I think, alone on vacation in Egypt has this sort of Saul on the road to Damascus epiphany about herself and turn like there's a complete 180 completely yeah. changes her life. She's her in health. like
0: every scientific study he said because Yeah, yeah.
2: because she just she committed, right? Yeah. She she just said this is what I want to do and so I'm changing the routines of my life mm-hmm. to support the person that I want to become. Because
0: did, was it, it refresh me y'all. When you yeah. listen to things via audible sometimes you don't retain it as well or I don't because it can't flip back and look yeah. as easy. <laughs> but she, was it that she wanted to become like a person who travels? Or like a person who has a certain lifestyle? No, she, um, her husband had left yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. For she a smoked. younger
1: woman yeah. who... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember all this, right. but I can't remember what was the thing. It was that. It was that, that was it. she had this big life yep. e- okay. epiphany that I need to do something
0: with my life. It wasn't... So what I, was the keystone habit that she adopted?
2: Uh, I, I she just made that's a good question i think that um she just made a decision she was going to um when she was in the taxi going out to visit the pyramids of giza she decided she was going to come back and she was going to trek through the desert right mm-hmm. so she was so i don't know if the keystone habit if it was a keystone habit so much but it was a, a life-changing habit right. for her and she made some decisions and some changes yeah. and then a bunch of other things
0: Fell into, play. Fell into yeah. place as well. The reason why I ask yeah. that, and it's not because I'm trying to quiz quiz you <laughs> um, or, like, focus on a non-important little bit, was because I was getting ready to say, like, I when I read that, at least what has stuck with me was that she started making the kinds of decisions that somebody who was... A who was going to trek through Giza yep. would do, and she knew that she couldn't be a smoker and trek through right. Giza. Yep, she couldn't right. be right, you know, uh, overweight and trek through Giza. Like well, and when we were talking before about Chris made a really great point that one of the things that stuck with him was the, that you have to have the belief that changing the habit is possible. And I think part of that belief is visualizing yourself as the person who does this. Yeah, yeah. and what what comes yeah. with all that is right. that Keystone habit type. Right. Thing. Yeah. So so. Um,
1: in when she was starting her trek the yeah. thing was i need a goal in my life yeah. yes. that was her thing yes. her husband had so left yes. her and whatever said i need, she a, said goal. I need yeah. a goal
2: and i need to get that goal i have to quit smoking i have to quit smoking that was the smoking, one thing i get yeah. healthier right and, hey that's i get a i get a good feeling from that yes right. and, and, so it and it all
1: cascaded eating yeah. and i changed yeah. and i started exercising and so quitting smoking was her was the or becoming a non-smoker was her yeah. keystone habit and so which then filtered into losing weight and eating healthy and exercising, and so she transformed her life. Um, Later in the book, when he talks about organizational habits, he talks a lot about keystone habits there. In fact, early on, he doesn't define it as a keystone habit, but that's clearly what it is. But later, when he talks about, um, he gives a really long example, which we won't go into, but um, with a company, Alcoa, that brought in a, a they, they were not doing very well um, financially in, in all ways. And he brought in, they brought in a new CEO that immediately upon hire at their first like all staff meeting talked about, well, we're gonna be the safest company in the world. And everybody was like, well, safety, that's not really. Yeah, how does that, that impact our bottom line? right Right, and so, but that was the keystone habit he changed, which then filtered down into um, people sharing ideas yeah. and managers becoming better managers and all these things because he changed the habit around worker workplace safety.
0: Yeah, it's really a fascinating story. Yeah. Um, and there's so much of this book, honestly, I mean, we are just covering some basic high yeah. points. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of it where he gets into real... Examples like Alcoa, and when he talks about how Target mm-hmm. <laughs> insidiously mm-hmm. <laughs> figures out like what what you're going to want to buy before you know what you want to buy, and like it, the Target's marketing arm knows so much about consumers that it's scary, and it's not because they're spying on you, it's because they have a lot of great metrics, but. This book is delightful and useful, and it's um, very practical, but it's also absolutely crazy fascinating when yes. he starts yeah, delving in all this stuff. It it's well, a great the read. the stories yeah. are
1: awesome. The yeah. stories are great, exactly really right. Great. Yeah,
2: it's very readable, and I love that he gives a nice summary pretty much with every chapter. It's like, here's what we've talked about in the yeah. last uh, yeah. 40 pages, so yeah. I find that particularly useful. I get yeah. the CliffsNotes version.
0: Well, so what we've talked about in the last 35 minutes here on Finance Matters is we've talked about the habit loop of cue, routine, and reward, that the golden rule for changing a habit is to change the routine, and we've talked about keystone habits and what flows from those. And now that is a total top of the high points kind of look, Mm -hmm. but um, I think it's enough to kind of give the audience an idea of what's cool in this book, and we'll put some resources in the show notes so you can look into those. There are a lot of great summaries of the book um, out there online, but if you have a little time and you have some space in your reading schedule or listening schedule it's a great one to take advantage of do we have,
2: do we have a copy for the department we
1: have one in the book I nook think.
2: i think we do yeah.
0: yeah and i have a copy if anybody wants to borrow it yeah. It's got my little highlighted stuff in it. You also get Patty's guided reading notes. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight I'm going to go home and try eating carrot sticks while I cook instead Uh of cheese. Yeah, so that's changing the routine. Okay, we'll see if I get the same high off of it. Mm -hmm. I bet I won't. (laughs) All right, so is there anything else that you all wanted to say before we close out today? No. No. Chris, thank you for being here. I hope you come back. Um,
2: If I get an invitation, I will. Awesome. You you would never get an invitation. That's
0: that's great. Welcome to our weird world here at Finance Matters. Um, Thank you, all of our audience, for joining us today. You can always check out more about what finance is up to on the UVA Finance blog or at uvafinance.blogspot.com. If you've got an idea for a podcast or somebody cool like Chris who needs to come talk with us, Uh, let us know. You can email me, you can email Patty, or you can tweet us directly at UVA underscore finance. That's all for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.